but that's right. Well, welcome, friends. As we have several that log on, um, we'll go ahead and get going. Welcome to today's Truett Church Network webinar and podcast. Um, our guest today is Wynn Collier. Wynn is the Eugene Peterson Center uh, director of the Eugene Peterson Center and assistant professor of pastoral theology and Christian imagination. That title just makes me want to come study with you, Wynn. That's a great, uh, a great title at Western Seminary, a fairly new title, correct? You've been at Western how long? We moved here in August of last year. In so. August. A fun time to move, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. We, we bought a house we'd never seen in person and uh, just hitched up the wagons and and headed north. Well, that's great. And he is the author, which we're here to talk about today, of A Burning in My Bones, the authorized bi biography of Eugene Peterson. Um, Wynn, give us kind of the, the brief biography of, of Wynn Collier and who you are. Well, I'm, I'm a Waco guy. So uh, my, my dad's a pastor in Waco and I grew up there. And uh, after seminary uh, and a short stay at another church, my wife and I went to Colorado for her to do um, a degree in counseling and uh, eventually uh, wound our way after another stop in South Carolina to Charlottesville, Virginia, where I was a founding pastor of All Souls. And then I'm also a writer. And so we've, I've written, this is my fifth book, but my first biography. So I spent the last four years writing Eugene's story and as part of that, eventually the question arose about what to do with all the archives I had in my cellar. So thousands of letters and journals and all sorts of um, uh, notes and manuscripts. And, and the family decided to gift those things to Western Theological Seminary in Holland, Michigan. And uh, the seminary and the family asked me to come and be the director the, to launch that here. And so that's what we're doing. And we're on the early stages of that and starting demon cohorts and circles for pastors and lots of um, things that are joyful and, and hopeful. When I think we, you and I could probably have conversations on many different things. I would love to talk more about that and hear more about that. Um, as I also lead a lot for pastors and could learn a lot from you. I also saw, we visited about this previously. I think that your uh, dissertation at UVA was on the sacramental nature of Wendell Berry's Port William, um, and uh, I am uh, I'm reading rereading through the Port William uh, books right now in short stories, and I'm just enamored by them. And um, so that we may have to have another conversation when your schedule lightens up one of these days about that. But um, just we we share a lot of interest there. So the biography of Eugene Peterson that is quite the task to take on particularly while you were uh, pastoring full-time. Um, and that I'm sure there would have been any number of people fascinated to write that story. How did that come about? Um, and what did Eugene think of having his uh, biography written? Well, you know, first off, he, he wasn't that keen on it, and I didn't really expect him to be. I, he'd been a, a pastor to me for about 15 years, mostly through letters. We saw each other from time to time. In 2016, I was visiting him, and I assumed to be the last time I'd see him because he was really limiting his engagement with others and just drawing the circle close with his family. And but on on the traveling back to Virginia, I just started pondering his life and thinking about how someone was going to write that story, 
and I love a good biography. Yeah. And I hate a bad biography. <laughs> and there's lots of things that can be done in a story that can make the biographer sort of the center of the story or the agenda of the biographer be the center of the story. And I really just thought that Eugene's life really required someone to just let Eugene be Eugene and to allow those of us who would be reading to actually encounter him. And so I wrote him a letter, a couple pages, talking to him about what I was hoping for. Um, honestly, not, I mean, I, I, I wanted him to give me a shot at writing it, but I think beyond that, even just that he would think about the, that was someone was going to write it someday and think through yeah. that process. And so anyway, a couple weeks after I sent him the, the uh, letter, he called me and he said, when let's talk about this. And so I just talked him through the letter again. And, and he said, uh, I said, well, Eugene, does this make you tired or does it give you energy? And he said, when it makes me tired. Um, <laughs> which is what I expected. Yeah. And I, and I thought, well, the, here ends the conversation. But for some reason, we kept talking. And about 10 minutes later, he said, when this has given me energy, I think you're supposed to do this. So I'll, I'll help you. And uh, so he and Jan just opened up their life and their materials, their friends, their relationships um, to me. And uh, it was a wonderful four years. It was many times I thought I was in way over my head when I was in the midst of literally thousands of pieces of paper and wondering how am I going to navigate this story? But it was a, it was a, a real joy to do it. Well, what an honor. And, and hopefully for them, I, I can imagine the vulnerable, the vulnerability a subject must feel to open up their lives to that degree to someone to write that. But um, I, I pray that was a, um, an invigorating and edifying experience for them as well in those last years to go through that with you. Um, I tell you what hooked me before I even read a word of the book. I love the book. I told you that. Um, I found it uh, just fascinating. I devoured it in just a few days, which is not my typical reading pattern. Generally, I read several books slowly at a time, and it takes me a while to get through them. Um, but I'm also a big fantasy reader, and I opened it up, and it had like the Lord of the Rings map of the Kalispell and Flat Lake. And uh, I just, something about that just seemed perfect um, of just a great way to, uh, to open this book of that place that meant so much to them. And so um, I kind of had a chuckle and appreciated that very much. Um, you, you mentioned you wanted to write it to let Eugene be Eugene or to depict that well. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, one of the things I found interesting, having read the pastor many, many times uh, personally and then to teach it, we use it in some of our pastoral classes. The, what I found most interesting were the things that um, filled in some of the blanks there, that, that as this is a more of a true biography and not just sort of a, a pastoral memoir. Um, is Eugene's writing of him wanting to be a saint, how he wrote about that fairly regularly, it seems, throughout his life, particularly for a Protestant fat pastor, I just found that fascinating of this desire, expressed desire, um, to be a saint. Can you tell us kind of more about that, how he characterized a saintly life? Well, um, he was asked that explicitly in an interview toward the end of his life. He was asked, uh, he was asked how he hoped to be remembered or what he hoped his legacy was. And, and 
what was really interesting is is the fact that he answered that because he often often would demur that question but he said he hoped that his life would be the life of a saint mm. and 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 he asked the, the interviewer asked well what what does that mean what does it mean to be a saint and his first response was well first of all a saint is someone who doesn't know they are um <laughs> that there's a kind of humility that they, that someone has been so formed and shaped and has such a large a vision and encounter with God that there is a, a gentleness and a deep humanness. So outside of that time, you know, Eugene never publicly said something like, I want to be a saint. Yeah. In fact, this was a kind of a revelation in his journals, how often he prayed this and how he would go about um, naming this. And for him to be a saint did not mean to be some otherworldly figure who was um, removed from the, the grit of this world. In fact, it was just the opposite. It was someone who was becoming more and more human because they were becoming more and more engulfed in the life of Jesus. And so it was another word that he really liked was congruence, that there was a congruence between words spoken, public persona, and interior reality. Yeah. That who he was in his deep soul was the same person that people encountered. And, and so there was another prayer he would often pray, which is, God, make me be the person that people think I am. Mm. And so I, I think in the deepest sense, to say, to say he wanted to be a saint was his way of saying he wanted to be consumed by the life and presence of God and the Holy Spirit in such a way that he was becoming more and more human, more and more truly Eugene, more and more... Um, the the person that god had envisioned for him to be and that's excellent um yeah that that's excellent and, and a challenge for i mean of us to think about congruence of life um you know you you include uh a lot of honesty about the the struggles eugene faced which again i think was something i appreciated in some ways um from the story that I knew, not knowing him personally, to learn some of that, to make him a bit more human, <laughs> unless unless someone um, aspirational up on a pedestal. You mentioned, you know, the tensions in marriage that are obviously there in any marriage, but talk about the a little more um, in depth, perhaps in the pastor talking about the badlands and the depression experiences. Um, particularly relevant to, I think, many pastors was his insecurities as a pastor about, about growth and whether to leave, whether to stay, these things that, that many of us face, I think everyone faces. Um, why were those important to consider and to include in the book? Well, I think because of this issue of congruence, um, mm. you know, Eugene spent his entire life public life, um, resisting, naming, annoying some people by naming the, the idol of celebrity mm. and how it's um, really ravaged the American church. So nothing would be more dishonoring to Eugene's own witness than to prop up a, a, a kind of celebrity image for Eugene. Um, Eugene was not concerned about um, 
just this public reputation. He wanted a life that was lived authentically. And so I think it's important for me to tell the places where that, that desire, there was um, a disconnect between what he wanted and what he was experiencing. And, and he, he didn't share that stuff a whole lot, but it wasn't in any way because he was guarded about, yeah. Eugene was, was just, he didn't like talking about himself. He wanted to talk about God, mm. um, which I also honor. And yeah. so I think I, as a biographer, was able to do some things that he himself just couldn't do, really. Yeah. Um, but what was really telling to me is there was never a single moment where Eugene asked to see anything I was writing, to put any boundaries or strictures. It's really interesting that while Eugene, like all of us, had these moments of insecurity about lots of things, um, one of the things I did note in him as he as he as he was older was this real deep settledness of who he was mm. that he didn't have anything to hide he didn't have anything to protect he really lived with open hands and so it made it easy to to write those stories well i i just really appreciated that part i think you walked the line well that's not what the biography is about right that's definitely a minor chord in there but right. it also spoke to well, some of his humility, I guess, and who he was and, and who y'all were as friends, perhaps, to include those things without um, without overly focusing on them. We've all read those biographies that really are trying to do a revisionist history on someone. But to be honest about that, I, it was it was appreciate. I appreciated it. And I thought it was as well done. And I'm sure as a friend and author, not always. Those are hard decisions, I'm sure, of what to say and how to say it um, and the yeah, how to include that. What was the most rewarding part of this for you? Um, what, did, what did you learn out of this? How, how, how was your spirit shaped by writing this? You know, I think there's so many things. And if we talked again tomorrow, I might come up with something different. But right at this moment, what, what strikes me is I had a long list of people that I interviewed, most of whom I didn't know. Hmm. But they were people who had been friends of Eugene's in various stages of he and Jan's life. And I remember after, I don't know, six or seven, eight, maybe 10 of those interviews, just putting the phone down or walking away from a conversation, I can't remember, and, and thinking, these are remarkable people. <laughs> they were all so unique, uh, coming from different spheres of the Christian world, uh, different levels of theological understanding or um, different life stages, all kinds of different economic situations. Um, they were, many of them were super quirky. Um, but there was something deeply human and deeply connected to God with all these people. Mm. And they all loved Eugene and Jan, even ones who had issues with them. <laughs> I mean, they just <laughs> really loved them. And I remember just thinking, I, if our friends say anything about who we are, Eugene and Jan were remarkable human beings um, because of the quality of people that named them as friends and the, and the kind of people who are, I still get emails somewhat regularly. Um, I guess for some people I'm, I'm, I've become the, the way to connect to Eugene's to Eugene and, yeah. and some of these people have become my own friends. So they'll email me and they'll say, um, I, so, I sure miss Eugene. 
And there's something about that that just feels like a real gift to me. That is, that is a gift and a gift that, uh, well, and of trust for you as well, that that somewhat is carried on and some of those relationships to continue. I was certainly just challenged by, well, as you said, you started writing letters and he had become a pastor for 15 years. Um, their openness and hospitality, which is something I think I probably struggle with and many do just to open their home and their time and and uh, to write letters, that that's a, was a beautiful challenge, I think, to me and many of us of um, cultivating those friendships that uh, the demands of pastoring, the demands of life, you've got to cut out that time and carve it out and prioritize it, which is, which is important. What do you think Eugene's life can say to the church today? I mean, particularly Christianity, Christianity in America. I hope it's okay if this doesn't sound um, like a lightning bolt or anything. Um, the thing about Eugene was how plain it was. It's like he was reminding us of things that we all knew, but we kind of forgotten or we didn't take very seriously anymore. And so when I think about Eugene, I think, um, I think about humility Um I think our world is desperate for Christians who don't cling to power anymore, but who lay their life down like our, our Lord taught us to do. Um, and I think a lot of us use that kind of imagery of laying our life down, but somehow we still use it as a course of means of cultural power. Somehow there's something quite powerful about just not needing to um, bolster your ego and, I think another thing is, is a, a deep and abiding trust that God is God, that God is Lord of the world, that Jesus is King, that the Holy Spirit is active, mm. that um, our attempts to control and maneuver and manipulate and make things grow and figure things out oftentimes actually gets in the way of God's action. Um, it's not that we're not responsible to respond, but that we are responding. Um, when I think of Eugene, I think of someone who had a, a vast, comprehensive, deeply rooted vision in God. And while we would hope that all of us as pastors and people who love the church and that we're about God too, I'm not so sure that that's actually true. So I think it's a, a clarion call to return to our first love. Isn't it just fascinating as I thought about this, reading it and preparing for this, uh, to all of those things, a, a pastor who, yeah, eschewed some of the quick growth strategies and celebrity pastor, um, things like that. And many of us appreciate because it's, an antithesis of that, that, that is a, a struggle we all face, many of us face, to be pulled in that growth direction um, of growth at all costs, so to speak, um, and yet became a celebrity, <laughs> that Eugene became a celebrity somewhat for that is just a, an extreme irony, and you can see, feel his struggle with that when people like Bono are calling and flying him places, you know, to a concert and sort of just it's not just an American story, but a Western story probably of um, becoming a celebrity for 
eschewing celebrity and writing and showing us another way. <laughs> that's right. And that's at least a significant portion of why he left Regent. So he, mm. for those who don't know, after he finished his 29 years at Christ Our King, the church he founded in Maryland, he went for five years to teach at Regent College in Vancouver. And after his five-year commitment there, he went, that's when he and Jan returned to Montana um, and they never left. And one of the reasons was because he, he felt that celebrity happening and he, in his, in his um, journal, he, he said he felt his mortal soul was in danger. Mm. Um, mm. So for him, it was like, he, he saw, he, he saw the poison in his own heart. Yeah. Well, Wynn, thank you for your time today. I know you are doing a lot of these and have a lot of demands, particularly the end of a semester. And I appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Thank you for the book. Um, I hope if you haven't read it yet, I think it's on most pastors that I know. If it's not on their bookshelf, it's on their list to get to uh, that. We always have that list that we're working on. Uh, many of us as pastors, um, I think you'll, you'll appreciate it for those that are listening now and those that will be listening. Um, do you have a final word of encouragement or blessing or benediction for us today? No, thank you for having me. I, it's always, it's particularly meaningful to me to get to talk to folks at Truett and in my hometown, Waco. So I'm so thankful for the work y'all are doing and the presence you are. And um, yeah, I'm happy to pray a prayer over us. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give you deep thanks for the life of Eugene and for the life that you've given each of us to live in faithfulness and fidelity to your gospel and to your kingdom. And God, I pray for each person who is joining us in this conversation. I pray that they would know in their deep heart that you are God, that you are with them, that you love the church, that you take delight in their work. They are not alone. We pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you. That the Lord would make his face to shine upon you and be generous and gracious to you. The Lord would turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen. Wynn, thank you again for your time. Again, I'm good for a lunch or a cup of coffee anytime you're in Waco, friend. Would okay, love it. I look forward to it. All right. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody, okay. for being here. Bye-bye.